The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. the kingdom mandate join us each saturday as we share empowering and equipping messages that reflect on the kingdom of god according to his sovereign will for mankind to remain in his covenant order get your clarion call and follow us on blog talk radio kingdom empowerment inc Everything that the Lord has given us, walk by it and be led by it in Jesus' name. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity uh, to be able to seek your faith, uh, to know your word, O oh Lord, to live in your glory, uh, to take uh, the opportunity to exercise the name of Jesus Christ that has all power, all might in it. We thank you, O oh Father, for the opportunity, O oh Lord, to dwell with you in your presence, in your glory, uh, as you have given for us to do. And Father, as we do so, help us to be fruitful and multiply, help us to be fruitful in our thoughts. Fruitful with our hands, fruitful in every aspect, O oh Lord, that you have ordained for it to be under your kingdom mandate, according to your word. O oh, Father, help us to be steadfast and movable and abiding in your will, O oh Lord, touching hearts and, and uh, bringing people unto the kingdom of the living God, that they can experience uh, what everything you have to offer us in this hour. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Uh, welcome, um, Minister Belinda, uh, to the Kingdom Mandate. As we are talking about the end times again, um, this is the second uh, session, actually number two, and we're going to be talking about what will it be like, and we're in Genesis 7, uh, Genesis 7 of the Holy Bible, and we thank you for listening and those that are listening in online. If you uh, want to call in, please do so at 646-668-2413 because uh, we welcome your insights. We welcome your thoughts. We welcome uh, everything you want to share at this time. And if you have any prayer requests, uh, this is a great time for us to for us to pray for you. Now, when I, the reason why I want to focus on what Jesus said, because Jesus said in Matthew 24, starting from verse 35, he said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of that day and hour, north no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but, more, but my father only, but my father only. But then he gives us uh, something to ponder on. He says in 37, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that we were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the, into the ark and knew not until the flood came and let them and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Amen. 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 Hello? Okay, and so I want to apologize. Um, there was a little technical error there. So, um, okay. you know, when we talk about Jesus, uh, you know, telling us, He's given us something to go by. He's not leaving us totally clueless to what it will be like. Uh, so we can't just focus on the part where he said that nobody knows uh, the day nor the hour because in the Bible, or even the major prophets gave us uh, references to understand what it will look like and why God brought uh, wrath um, his, you know, it wasn't that he brought it to the earth because 
she just wanted to just blow everything away that he created. No. It was because there was something going on in the earth that provoked him to do so. And we talked about Genesis 6 last week. So we're going to move forward into uh, Genesis 7. Now, when we look at in the days of Noah, Noah was acting out in faith as God had commanded him to. Noah walked in a spiritual strength to resist the temptations of darkness as he walked with God, according to um, the book of Genesis. And we know in Genesis 6 when he gave him the commandment and why, how he acknowledged uh, Noah's faith or in, in Hebrews 11, we, we understand how he acknowledged his righteousness, uh, which made him differently uh, different and unique from the rest of the individuals that were in the earth at that time. There were certain things that were going on that God, God himself said was wicked. God himself said it wasn't right. And we, be, we being children of the living God, we want to be prepared for the coming of our Lord and Savior in this hour. So by being prepared, we need to know and understand what the Word of God says. We also need to be committed. As the Bible tells us in Psalm 37, 5, it says, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And, and, and the Lord says in, in, in that word, he's saying that he told uh, Noah what he was getting ready to do. He told him that a flood was coming. Jesus is also telling us what it would be like in the days of Noah. People, how, what were the people doing? What was it that God didn't like? Well, go back to Genesis 6 and listen in, or also open up your own Bible and read it. Read Genesis 6. What was it that God didn't like? So I'm going to read in Genesis 7, and Minister Belinda will, will go over it and talk about it. Hopefully uh, our dear uh, sister Spencer will be joining us today. And Genesis 7, it says, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee, for thee have I seen the righteousness before me in this generation. Of every clean beast thou shalt take, take to thee by sevens, the male and his female, and of the beasts that are not clean by two the male of his female, of fowls also of the air by sevens, the male and the female, to keep seed alive upon the face of the earth, of all the earth. For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights. And every living substance that I have made will, will I destroy from off the face of the earth. And Noah did according unto all that the Lord commanded him, and Noah was 600 years old. And I want to repeat that again. And Noah was 600 years old when the flood of the waters was upon the earth. And Noah went in, and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him into the ark because of the waters of the flood of clean beasts, and of beasts that are not clean, and the fowls and everything that creepeth upon the earth, there went in two by two unto the Noah, unto the ark, 
and male and the female as God had commanded Noah. And it came to pass after seven days that the water of the flood were upon the earth. In the 600 year of Noah's life, in the second month, the seventh day of the month, the, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were open, and the rain was upon the earth forty days and forty nights. In the same day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah and Noah's wife, and three wives of his sons with them into the ark. They and every beast of every beast after his kind and all the cattle after their kind, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and every fowl after his kind, and every bird of every sort. And they went in unto Noah into the ark, two and two of all flesh, wherein is the breath of life. And they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh, as God had commanded him. And the Lord shut him in. And the flood was forty days upon the earth, and the waters increased and bare up the ark, and it was lift it, it was lift up above the earth, and the water prevailed, and the waters prevailed, and were increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark went upon the face of the waters, and the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and all the high hills and that were under the whole heaven and were covered. Fifteen cubits upward did the water prevail, and the mountains were covered. And all the flesh died, and the mountain upon the earth, both fowl and of cattle and beasts and every creeping and every creep every thing uh, thing that creepeth upon the earth and every man and all who and and um, excuse me God forgive me <laughs> all in whose nostrils was the breath of life and of all that was in the dry land died and every living substance was destroyed which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle, and the creeping things and the fowl of the heavens. And they were destroyed from the earth, and Noah only remained alive. And they that were with him in the ark, and the waters prevailed upon the earth an hundred and fifty days. Noah did just that. Once he knew, once he knew the will of God of his life, he obeyed. Noah's, I'm stopping right there. I'm sorry. Fifty days. Amen. 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 So, Minister Belinda, um, I know you have read this. Please share what the Lord have showed you in um, this Genesis seven, and let's let's uh, try to section it out and start from one uh, to six, and then you know go okay. from there. Well, in one, the Lord says, uh, the Lord said unto Noah, come thou and all thy house unto the ark, for I ha- for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. So God summons Noah, and he designated him to a certain place. 
you know, uh, and he found him righteous in all that generation. So Noah, you know, walked before God. He kept what God said and was faithful. He was a faithful servant. But you have to hear God. You know, it's important when God says having ears to hear, eyes to see. And uh, and it said, uh, it goes down, then he starts giving Noah instructions what to do. So here God talks to him. He has to acknowledge God. He has to see God. Then he has to obey God. A lot of times, you know, uh, these are all things that go through this Bible, all through from uh, Genesis to Revelation. God is always summons his people, always telling them, come hither, come near him, see him, hear him, follow my direction. You know, live he, live a life of, uh, of uh, righteousness. All those have values. All those have reasons. You know, the, the scripture line upon line, precept upon precept, those are every little fragment of that has a part in it. You can't do the one without the other. And they have great value when God says that. And I'm just dealing with uh, verse 1 and 2. You know, and he says, Every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by seven, male and female. Now, he said clean, and then he said there was those that weren't clean. But yet the clean and the unclean had a purpose. He gave a number. That was significant. Nothing is not of value. If God says something, follow it by the line, the T that God says. It's not by your own measure of intelligence. It's not for you to ponder. It's for you to be obedient. Yes, amen. Uh, yeah. And the males and the females, you know, everything on the earth, the creeping things. But, it, I yeah. mean, this, this whole thing is so valuable. You know, and, and he's still telling us, commissioning people. Mm-hmm. He's giving people dreams. He's giving people wisdom, knowledge, you know, to, uh, and so something Sister Donna said, God never does nothing in unrighteousness because the there's no unrighteousness in God. There's no darkness in him. There's no lying, uh, game playing or nothing. Mm-hmm. He's only took place. God told him why. Yeah. He told him why. You know, he never destroyed something without giving a reason. And I've I've had uh, people in my family say, well, why would God allow this? Why would God do this? We we never take uh, heed to what we have caused on this earth. We want to not follow God's direction. We don't want to line ourselves and submit ourselves to God. We want to live by our own vain imagination. And we bring all forms of evil and perversion on this land. And then we expect God to clean it up, and God is to blame for it. But he's not. Yeah, he is not. You know, You're absolutely right. He's not. I, I'd like to, on verse 6, uh, 5, I, I read that before you, you find this other one. And verse 5 says, and God saw that great witness of man was great in the earth. And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it, and it repented 
It repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man I have created from the face of the earth, both man, beast, and the creeping things, and the fowls of the air, for it repented me that I had made man. You know, when your creator, your father, is so disgusted with you because of the vein and that, everything that came out of man was evil. His thoughts were just continually evil. And if you look at this planet now, mm-hmm. we are in of this. There's so much perversion. The earth is full of uh, sickness and not getting better. We're getting sicker and sicker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It all comes of perversion. And we have told the new generation that this perversion is normal, and it's not. Even the churches, some of them are uh, saying it's okay. We yeah. don't even acknowledge God wow. for who he is. God is love. Excuse me, in this scripture, God said he's going to destroy. He destroyed it when Noah's time in Revelation. Man will not destroy this planet. God will. Yep. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But uh, you know, um, you know, pro- prophecy is like you know making it look like it's all going to be the hand, the work of man's hand. You know, technically, if God want to destroy weapons, he he could put a flood in those areas, and or he could, yeah. you know, send wind and topple those things over at his discretion. Um, in a minute. So we we can't. We can't really believe that just because there's these things on the earth that we have a sense of control because, I mean, you know, even gunpowder can't work when it's wet, right? Yes. So yes. We, we we tend to believe that, <clears throat> you know, uh, it's going to be a preparation, uh, you know, to be able to fight and battle this thing off, but... The only thing that uh, we have to secure us is preparation, being prepared uh, the way yes. that God would have us to be prepared to be in yes. his right, His His righteousness, not the way we perceive righteousness. Because I can put dress in white all day long, but that doesn't make me righteous. And no, it doesn't. I can, I, I can talk uh, charismatically. I can... Uh, walk charismatically, I can do a whole lot of things, but that will not make me righteous. You know, righteousness is according to what, the way God has called us to be righteous. And and me me or you being a pastor, um, we can't say uh don't uh, do this and you're gonna be okay. We cannot we cannot do that unless it's by the Holy Ghost and uh, by the word of God. Yeah. But to sit up and tell somebody, oh, you are right because you, 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 uh, you know, it's going to be a process. It's going to take time for you to get past this. We know you're going to get there. You're going to be all right. No, Jesus told the woman who was committing adultery, he said, go and sin no more. Now, who can try, who can translate that and make it anything different? Jesus Thank told you. the woman, he said, go and sin no more. He had, she already got the salvation. Yes. Okay. So now, does that mean that she can go in and and uh, 
go back to the way where she was and 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 Jesus is waiting on for her to clean up. No, he told her he said, "Go and sin no more." Mm-hmm. So, um Man can tell you, you know, you're going to get it right, you're okay, you'll be all right. Yeah, sometimes things take a process, but when it comes by the Holy Ghost, it's time for transformation, it's time for change, renewing of the mind, renewing of the spirit. In yeah. Jesus' name. So, so yeah. the Bible says, and, and you know God worked on each one of us, but once you have, the Holy Spirit has told you this is a, a sin, you know, there's things that I used to do in my past, but when the Holy Spirit convicted me of that thing, I knew I had to let it go. When It wasn't a man com- or a woman coming and telling me. It was the Holy Ghost. So when you get that conviction by the Holy Spirit, you are on a different level at that point, and th- that sin has to go. You, so if you have to lay down and fast for, for 14 days or whatever it takes for you to get rid of that, that's what you have to do because that's God talking to you. It's not man talking mm-hmm. to you no longer. That is God himself. And if, if you refuse to change, there's going to be a point in time that he turns you over to a reprobate mind to keep moving that way. And so this is what was going on in the earth that time. People had vain imaginations. What is a vain imagination? A vain imagination is saying, that, uh, oh, it's okay for me to be like this. God ain't doing nothing. He hasn't did nothing to us since then, since we've been doing it. That's a vain imagination. Yes. Okay? So we're looking at this, and he's, uh, he's telling Noah, he said, in, in verse 1, he said, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee, thee have I seen righteousness before me in this generation. Of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by seven, the male and his female, and of the beasts that are not clean to be uh, by two, and the male and his female. Now, um, preparation. God is telling him, this is what I want you to do, and this is how I want you to prepare for this yeah. this, uh, this transformation that's getting ready to take place in the earth. And Jesus said it will be like in the days of Noah. So mm-hmm. is the body of Christ, is preparation taking place? Uh, or, mm-hmm. or the leader saying, prepare yourself because a day is coming. Is, your, is the leader saying that, you know, uh, are you are you dealing with the male and the female? And I'm not relating this to animals. I'm I'm relating this to human beings. Are you are you bringing preparation in the earth? Uh, John the Baptist came. He said when John the Baptist came into the earth, he wasn't coming and saying everything's beautiful, everything's wonderful. No, John the Baptist was coming in the earth, and he was saying, "Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." So, so uh, what are we doing? Are we following after what Jesus did? Jesus, when he came, what did he say? Repent, because the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is nigh. The reign of God in the earth is nigh. So what are we doing? Are we uh, teaching uh, the body of Christ uh, the right thing, or are we just saying, you know, pacified, and then the soul is drifting off to 
dark patterns, a soul is drifting off to vain imaginations, a soul is drifting off to works of darkness, a soul is, I, I mean, I, I was watching uh, the news yesterday, a man is literally kicking a, a woman in the head on a bus, and I'm like, how can this be? Mm-hmm. How you know an elderly a person at that? How can it be that an elderly person can get robbed in this hour? I, I I never seen that kind of stuff in my day and day and time. That you you know even in um in, uh, without when you wasn't in church, you had a moral base in the earth that said respect your elders. Respect your elders. But now we have such vain imaginations where where someone can just just uh, rob an elder, can rape an elder. Jesus, what Amen. are we doing? And we and we and we continue on the pace of going. We go into the building. Uh, we we everything's beautiful. Everything euphoria, and we're not we're not uh, everybody's mo- motivated. But then when they get up, they drop into a slumber. Amen. You know, the only thing that's going to charge your soul is the Holy Ghost. Only thing is, that, and when we allow the Holy Ghost to rule, and we set down our agendas, then we can prepare the body of Christ, kingdom of God that is not. We can prepare the body of Christ for the kingdom of heaven. You see, because that's what Jesus, John the Baptist, came doing. The Bible tells us that's what Jesus came and doing. He he was saying, "Repent, the kingdom of God is nigh." Okay. Now, if we if we tell everybody, you don't have to repent. There's no need to correct you. Are we doing what Jesus did or are we doing what Jesus said? That that's 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 the question that I have for the listeners today. I'm 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 not judging you, but I'm asking you the question, are you doing, are you saying what Jesus said? Minister Belinda, uh, please uh, share your thoughts. Um when you're saying, you know, Noah had, he was preparing, you know, when, and God gave him specific instructions. And he said, uh, what was it, eight? He couldn't take nine. He had to take eight. You know, how are we preparing for our lives if we're not hearing God? If we're not sitting before the Lord and God is saying, prepare your household, you could be in mortal danger right now. You could be, life could be, at your door. The enemy could be at your door to come to kill, steal, and destroy you. And I mean, take your life. And God is trying to tell you, come hither, prepare. But, you know, he spoke to Noah. Noah was the head, and he spoke to that head. He didn't speak to the others, and then he said for them to come. Even that's a choice. You know, everybody may not come with you, but you got to go on anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, uh, he was preparing. If he mm-hmm. had not prepared, he would not be ready when the waters came. 
So, I mean, the cry is going out. Be prepared for the coming of God is coming. The coming of the Lord is coming. And it's a serious thing because it's eternal life. Your body will lay down, but your soul will not die. We're, 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 we're engulfed in so many things that have no relevance. And the thing that we need the most is to hear what God is saying. Be obedient to his spirit. Be obedient to his word. Apply the word of God to you so you can become strong. You know, and, and, but yet these people were, you know, so, so dull of hearing, so engulfed in their, little, their lives. Their lives. Mm. There's a key. I said their lives. They mm. didn't mm. see the destruction that was coming. They were marrying, doing whatever they want. We're doing that now. Outside the church, inside the church, and we are just living our lives and don't know. Are you hearing the, the sound of the trumpets? Are you hearing what the, the Spirit is saying unto the church? Are the bridegrooms got their wicks trimmed and the oil filled? Are you with or without? Mm. But God tells us, he pre-warns those that will listen. These are the things that will take place. You go to uh, Jesus when uh, the angel talked to Joseph. Get your child, get him up and your wife and leave from this area. Herod wishes to kill this baby. So it can, nobody can say that God does not speak and that it's old and re- not relevant. Mm-hmm. It is very much relevant. He said, my people perish for lack of knowledge. It's not no book knowledge that you're gonna, that's going to help you. It's not no man knowledge. It's God's wisdom, his understanding. He said, in everything, get understanding. In when you pray, pray with understanding. When you sing, sing with understanding. How come uh, uh, wisdom and knowledge is beckoning people to come and hear what God is saying? He said, if you don't have it, you're going to perish. This word mm-hmm. is a map. It's a map. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. It, like Donna's saying, I watched that on a, a Facebook where this man just kicked this woman in the face. And others stood around an elderly woman. And nobody, they all sighed. Where is the power of God? In the name of Jesus, stop! Mm-hmm. But Can we believe you, you know, God will stand with us? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. There's no way. I would have walked up in, in the name of Jesus, you're going to stop. Yeah, but you know, you know, a lot of these, you know, a lot of these things, Minister Belinda, that's going on. Instead of anyone, um, you know, dialing nine one one, the cameras go yeah. up. Yeah, you know, they the don't cameras even... go up. Yeah. You, you know, what happened to the, to calling the uh, police? What happened to going and pulling the bell to stop the train? What happened to you know, there's so many things that's going on in this world that, that uh, you know, if if you're not um, intertwined in it, you know, if you're intertwined in it, it doesn't, it looks like it's normal. 
you know. Yes. But if you're not yes. intertwining, you, you can clearly see that it's not normal what's going on. And you can see the whole big picture, and, and you can also see how um, it, it's, it's functioning, how it's being able to progress and, yes. and, and not being able to be contained. You know, you you yeah. can just look at it. This peg is out of out of uh, order. This this uh, uh, space over here. This queen belongs over here. This this king actually should have been positioned over there. You can see these things, but yeah. when you're in the midst of it, most case, most time, most of the time, you, you won't see it. So things are sliding across the board and just knocking things over. You know, before you even can get a hold of it and contain it. So why is that happening? Because preparation is not moving forward. Preparation, you know, when Noah got the order from God uh, about moving uh, certain things, he said uh, to take the clean beast. And God had a plan in it all. That He knew that these things were going to replenish the earth. In the future, he knew that what he uh, had uh, created in the beginning, that it was going to be needed again, that that yes. we needed to have these things. And we needed it as uh, uh, to be able to survive in the earth, to be able to be replenished in the earth. But, but um, are we planning? Are we uh, preparing in this hour? And are we listening to... The, the tune of God, what God is saying from the heavenly realms, or we seek and put in our head to the ground so we can hear the, the, the running that is coming when we bow our heads between our knees and are crying out to the Lord. Or are we preparing according to what the Lord have told us? And, and, and how do we know that the Lord is speaking to us? I think most of us in the body of Christ by now should know that when the Lord is uh, speaking to us, but are we glorifying ourselves because we heard from the Lord or are we preparing based on what the Lord has given us? That, that yeah. That's the question I have. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, mm-hmm. The Bible tells us that it's in a, a, a sexual fervent righteous prayer. Now, if we if we praying and we're not getting any revelation, we need to back up and begin to look at things because that's a part of the preparation. That's a yeah. part of sitting in, in the, the seat in the order of the living God. That's a part of being having that access to the authority, the, the scepter, to be able to get a release of authority in the earth. And, and, and it's a mandate. It's an order that's uh, mandated by God. It's a kingdom mandate. And there's no other yeah. way around it, you know, because the word of God tells us that. So if, mm-hmm. if, if, if it's just, you know, we walking around and we we um, thinking that, okay, these things are going uh, to manifest if we just, you know, we heard from God, so there's no need for us to do anything. Let's just wait. Let's just wait. But if you are not, uh, you know, by faith, uh, 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 Abraham was considered righteous because he acted on what what he was given. And he he started moving on it 
in the right season and time. He didn't wait for destruction in earth to occur before he started moving. He just started, mm-hmm. the Bible says, he he took uh, those that were with him and they got out of there. So mm-hmm. you have to move by faith. You have to faith. hear by faith. You have to move by faith. Now, when we look at um, uh, Genesis uh, 7, 7, it said, and Noah went in. So he also got a revelation from God to go off into the ark. But he didn't go off into the ark even though it was built until the Lord told him to move into the ark. He didn't do before time after he prepared. He was waiting on the command from the Lord. And when the Lord gave him the command, that's when he started moving. How many people are moving before time? Minister Belinda. Yes. How many people wait on God? A lot of saints of God have not got patience. You know, I hear them say, don't pray for patience. You better, because it takes patience to wait on God. And then they get tired. They say, well, Lord, I haven't seen it yet, so I'm going to go this way. He stood. You know how many years it took that man to build that boat? But like she said, there was a season to wait. Do we know the season? Are we, when it's time to gather, we're, we're, we're throwing away. You see, there's a time and season on the sun for everything. Time to gather, time to cast away. A lot of people are, ca- uh, are gathering when God is saying cast away. We're not even walking in the season that God wants us to walk in. We're not waiting until God says move to the next step. And we wonder why God is not working. The fault is not God. It's our lack of knowledge, and it's not condemnation. We, we now call correction, you're preaching hate. And we wonder why the earth is getting polluted. This is the word of God. God says uh, this is a blessing and this is a curse. We call a curse a blessing and blessing a curse. Let me get it right. A blessing, we call a curse, and a curse we call a blessing. Mm. If God says this is not, it's an abomination, I don't care how you want to fix it. He said it was not okay. And if, if you preach the word of God, you minister the word of God, you preach it like it is. That is not hate. That is correction. We cannot accept correction. This man chose to hear God and follow the direction. The others chose not to. And it will it, and in the scriptures in seven and six, when the lines up, they paid a cost for that. So we're not even willing to say your disobedience will cost you. I have people tell me, well, uh, I said, you can cause your children to go into destruction. What, what, what? Why, why, why? That's not right. God's not right. Mm. Children don't have a choice. They fall on parents until they get a certain age. Your environment that you put them in could cause them to, to die in it. We see it every day. The violence, the drug addiction, bringing drugs into your house, bringing violent people into your house. And God says, separate yourself from these things. Amen. 
There was now, involved. but now it's not saying when we say separate from these things, we're not saying separate from the body of Christ. We're no. So a lot of people, you know, because I know there's going to be a whole lot of them. People tomorrow that will preach, or they for you to separate from us. But you know, I'm not saying separate from the body of Christ, those that are in Christ Jesus, okay, and that are teaching the Holy Bible, the Word of God. Mm -hmm. But what I, what we're saying is, the Bible says purely separate from those things that are not of God. Separate from them. Okay, now, now, if somebody is preaching the word of God and and we can't, you know, you can't take it. I I, I don't I don't think you can eat of that body. And there were seventy people that walked away from Jesus because he said, "Eat of my body, drink of my blood," and they couldn't understand it, the spiritual essence of it. And there's a lot of people doing that now because Jesus said that he is the word. John, John wrote in John 1, Jesus Christ is the word. Now, if the word is the body, body of Christ, then you must be able to partake of it. And if you just cling into those cliche scriptures that are used, Keeping people, uh, it just, I, have, I have to say, it, keeping people in a form of euphoria, um, mm-hmm. but not the illness of God, because it's not revealing his real intent according to the context that it is in. I, I don't know if, if you, you're going to be able to even have that intimate relationship with him, because he desires we have an intimate relationship. And, and so nobody is trying to destroy you. We're, we're, we're trying to bring you, reel you back in to your first love. And your first love is Jesus Christ. Can you be reeled into your first love when you're running from his, your, his, the first love, and which is yeah. going to bring you into correction to connect with the first love? So that, mm-hmm. that, that, you know, that is not to judge you. But and not to hate you, but to give Amen. you a relationship defined by the Father, not defined yeah. by me, not defined by Minister Belinda, not defined by in your pastor, not defined by uh, any leader, not defined by any president or prime minister or king or queen. Uh, in the earth, but defined by the Father. Now, if you say that you are uh, a Christian and you are part of the kingdom of God and you uh, desire to be under that reign, then you should be able to adapt to his word and say, okay, this is talking to me, so let me clean it up. Let me clean it up. But now if it's coming to you, by uh, gossiping in the pulpit because of the mistake you made, or gossiping in the, in the, on the airways, like what, what we're doing, but we're not gossiping on the airways, but we're speaking over the airways. But if it comes by gossiping, like in the pulpit, gossiping in, in the pulpit is like someone heard this 
it's just about you. They're passing on to the pastor, and then the pastor is speaking on that topic, but he's not politically correct because he didn't get into the real uh, uh, realness of what really is going on in your situation, and all that's going to do is bring you into condemnation. But if someone is sharing the word of God with you by the Spirit, by the Holy Ghost, and they not they haven't they don't know you, they haven't sit in your living room, they haven't uh, they don't know your friends, they don't have to know your brothers and your sisters, and that word is speaking to you, then um, I I beg of you to repent. I beg of you to seek the Lord and to know His way, because there's a way that that a man knows that is not of God, and it's a dangerous Amen. way. It leads to destruction. Yep. But but you know, Minister Belinda, the the deepest thing about this, the deepest thing about this is when you get down to uh, eleven, what what a lot of times is missed. It says, in the six hundred year of Noah's life, it said, in the second month, the seventh day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up. Now this yeah. is before the water. This is before the water is coming. So when you're talking about the fountains of the great deep break, breaking up in the core of the earth, you're talking about some heat, some serious mm-hmm. burning going on before that water is coming. So, And it says, and the window of heavens were open. That, yes. This is some serious stuff. This is yes. A, and the rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. So you're talking about heat in the water and the windows of heaven being opened up. Oh, my God. That's some serious burning, uh, boiling water going on there. So there's no way that no one can swim and do what they want to do to be able to overcome what was happening at that time. And Jesus said it would be like in the days of Noah. Well, share what you have to say. There'll be no escape. There'll be no escape because every mountain was covered with that water, so there's no place they could stand. And you're talking about, we look at floods now, and we look at, uh, what do you call them, big waves? Sami, whatever you call it, I always say it wrong. And those waves that are like sky high as skyscrapers. And we see how they can come in the force and just move Bridges like they're toys. Move cars like they're little toys and float them. Tear down buildings. But you're talking about the, the center of the earth. The, the waters from deep broke loose. That's a lot of power and a lot of water. Because the ocean, they haven't even gone down to the ocean, to the depths of the ocean yet. They're trying. And all of that's coming out. And then the water's coming up out from the sky. And when God pronounced that word, he said, every living thing will perish. Everything only will live that which he told to put in that boat. That's it. And somehow we are not understanding who God is and the power that God possesses in his hands. He said he is. A, he, he he will come with his. He, he, he as much as he can destroy. His love is just as great. But he said, not one part of my word 
Donna said, will perish. So if the word says, if you do these things, this is what you can attain. If you do these things, this is what you will attain. There's no in-between. There's no, like they say, you can't be on that fence. Either God say you're going to be lukewarm or you're going to be on fire for him. There's no other place. We have that in our vain imagination. It's okay. I'm okay. No, you're not. No, you're not. And that, so he said, fear that which can kill the body and the soul. Why would he say that? This mm. is a loving Why would he say that? Fear that which can kill the body and the soul. There are two elements, your flesh body and your soul. Only he can do both. The devil can do the body, but he cannot destroy the soul. The soul will stand in judgment before God. Yes, Lord. This is the Father that you serve. Who in the, we said, I knew you before you were uh, conceived in your mother's womb. He knew that number of hairs on your head. Your mother and dad had nothing to do with it. If God didn't speak life to that sperm and that egg, you would not have been born. He ushered you out of the womb. And that same God will be the one that you see. He is the Alpha and the Omega. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the seriousness of it is that God said, you know, he, he's asking people, uh, uh, this is God that's saying this. And if your mother and dad love you, truly, truly love you. See, we got a form of love down here that's crazy. We raising kids that have no order. We have lost the root ground foundation that came from the Bible, and kids are becoming insane, and we're getting upset. We need to spank him. You don't set no boundaries on him. You don't teach him respect, self-reliance, as far as getting up, doing their bedrooms, making, uh, uh, developing them to be decent human beings. What person in their right mind that loves their children would not correct them? And he said the rod of correction. It doesn't mean beating a fire out your kid. It means teaching them from right and wrong. It's not okay. And there's consequences. And no, you're not going to run the street. No, you're not going to do these things. That's what God does to us. He chastises them who he loves. Because he knows that we run wild, we're going to go, we're going to lose our souls. But he will make a way for those that will listen, for that remnant that will listen. But it's a choice. Like, uh, 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 what's my man in the Bible? It was, um, oh, Moses. He ran Moses. Uh, and he said, choose whom this day you should serve. But for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And that's something I told my kids when they would tell me, well, why do we got to do this? I said, choose them this day. But understand, mm-hmm. I'm going to choose first. And this household will serve God. And whether you understand it or not, I will not back away from God. And I would give understanding. If they wanted to wrestle with it, I said, you need to pray about it. But this household, I made that. They're no longer in my household. But I'm still got that in my heart. 
This, until the day I die, I will serve God. Not man, not woman, not child will come before God. Not family, not nothing. And those that survived all of this and will survive in the last days of revelation will be those that choose to follow God, even unto death when they behead them. And they say, serve the beast. They will not serve the beast. And 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 when she said separate yourself from people, no. Uh, when he says separate yourself from sin, why would, if God sends me to a drug addict because he loves the drug drug addict, all the other uh, people mm-hmm. that you know he can't. Uh, uh, he said a well man don't need a physician; it's the sick one. But I'm mm-hmm. not coming to your what condemnation. I'm coming with, to your house and tell you what thus says the Lord. And if that condemns you in a place that a repentance, because that's what God wants. He's putting a lifeline out to you. I'm not coming in there and you say, well, have, have a shot. You know, I'm not shooting drugs up in my arm. Why would two, how can the blind lead the blind? I'll tell you there's a, a living water. I'll tell you there's a, a place that you can get high in the Lord, and it does no damage to your body. You know, when Jesus was sitting at the well, he didn't join the woman and go get, you know, he told her, you have a, a, a five husbands and the one you have now is not yours. That's what he's saying. Separate, meaning, you know, participate in what a person is doing. You touch not the unclean or dead things. That's not the, it's the things that are killing people. I'm not going to an alcoholic and then sit down and drink with him. Amen. You know, I'm not going to participate in unclean conversation. I'm bringing the light. Amen. I'm not bringing darkness. Exactly. And I like what you said, that you're not going to participate in unclean conversation. And a lot of times people will not understand why you clam up, you keep quiet. <laughs> it's because the conversation must be pure in the eyes of God. If you, mm-hmm. if you are interacting with a man or a woman of God and they get silent, that's why. They're not going to yeah. entertain uh, something mm-hmm. that leads to darkness or that uh, they're not going to entertain traps. This is, they were talking to Jesus. Instead, he was sitting there drawing in the dirt. Mm-hmm. You understand? And you got so uh, they're not going to entertain the traps, especially if the Holy Ghost is working. The 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 other point you made there, you know, uh, the separation because Jesus said, uh, although that they in the world, let let them not be of the world. Okay, so it, it's not that you uh, not in the world. It's not that you're not performing things and spiritually you're not you're not interacting and physically you're not taking up things that will lead you into darkness. So again, we're not. Saying, oh, don't go to work tomorrow because what you have perceived in your work environment is, 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 you know, whatever you perceive it to be is according to God, hopefully, not by your own physical uh, things, by what you see and smell and, and hearing and tasting, but by the Spirit of God. What is God saying about the inner man? Because if you look from the outside, or or use your bodily senses to look from the outside on an individual. 
won't won't be able to know what's in inside, what what is inside of the person. And yeah. so you have to begin to uh really seek the Lord right now in this hour to know what he what his will is for you also because sometimes we tend to go into areas where God have not called us. Thank you. God can God, God can tell you you know, he can come and feed you some bread like he did with Elijah that gave him strength to go for 40 days and even to climb a mountain. But that mountain was not in the midst of, of people. You understand? So you have to know the will of God. What does he say for you? He may tell you to sit for for 40 days and not move in, into any environment because you, you may have, uh, you know, Jesus separated at times, and there was a reason for that because and Moses yeah. separated at times because if you if you don't stay in tune with God very well, you you will become tainted. You know, Isaiah said, "Oh, woe is me! Woe yeah. is me! I have said things that were unclean." Clean. And until until he, he the angel of the Lord purged him, put you know put coals on his tongue to straighten them out because we can be in the midst. Lot was in the midst of something, but he didn't understand. He didn't understand that he had kind of went off base a little bit because now you're saying leave the angels alone, but you're ready to push your daughters out there. Mm-hmm. Where you, where he's really, and he's also a gatekeeper. He's sitting at the gate. So at the gate, he's collecting money. So he was participating in, in in the function of that environment in some way. So we have to uh, make sure that we are in tune with God by by what fellowshipping with those that, that are like and kind. Mm-hmm. And that's why definitely you do need to be in the church. But make sure yeah. it's a Bible teaching, a Bible teaching church. One that's not going to give you a scripture and base a theory around that one scripture, but one that's going to feed you the full content, uh, the yeah. full intent of the Word of God. And if you if you're that type of church and you're out there and you're listening in, share your information with us. Uh, you go to Kingdom Empowerment Magazine on Facebook and just uh, inbox us. And or KEIFM underscore radio on Twitter or Facebook. Inbox us if you're that kind of church. If you're a Bible teaching church, give it to us because there's a whole lot of people we would love to share share it with so they can come to your church and learn the word of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and and so uh, th- this flood takes place in the earth, and, and before it does, you know, God is so... Merciful and compassionate with us, he shut the door of the ark for uh, uh, Noah and his family and and the animals. He closes it himself. It says in 16, and they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh. And it says, as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. And you know, when I was reading that minister Belinda, it reminded me of the parable of the ten bridesmaids. Yep. When, you know, when when God when uh they went in, five went in and five was left out and he told yep. five of them to keep their lamp lit and you know well yep. he told all of them that they should have a lamp lit, but 
only five of them really kept their own lamp lit. The rest of them, they had to go out and buy oil. They had to go out and buy because their own lamp wasn't lit. And, and uh, you know, King David said, uh, your, your lamp is a light unto my feet. Yes. Hmm. I, he wasn't talking about a physical lamp. And God wasn't, Jesus wasn't talking about a physical lamp. He's talking about a spiritual thing. And when he, he's talking about the oil that keeps the lamp lit, that keeps the word of God uh, in us vibrating and keeping us going and, and the connection that we have with it, we shouldn't have to go out and buy it. We should yes. be with us. Carrying with the carry with us all the time, uh-huh. and uh, you know. So when he, he when I read that, you know, the Lord reminded me about those five bridesmaids. Uh, are we prepared in that area? Are we prepared that to the point that the Lord will shut us in to the right place into the ark of His covenant? Uh, are we yeah. prepared for that, or are we? Um, not prepared. Minister yeah. Melinda, please thoughts in that area. Uh, yeah. When God said he sealed it up, I thought of two things, you know. God, the word, is righteous. And because they chose that 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 decision themselves by not listening and being unclean, he wasn't going to let nobody else in that boat. He was destroying it. So why would he let somebody in there unclean? And then he sealed it up so no one then could be safe. But, you know, I also thought, I said, Lord, what about the cries of the people banging on the door? And there was a time I said, you know, when I read this, I cried. I said, Lord, those kids and all of the, and, uh, 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 you know, I said, Lord, I don't know. if I, I would try to open up the door. But now I understand. No, I wouldn't. And people say, well, ooh, you cruel. No, because then the earth would turn around. God, I found out that God, I trust God because I know that he is righteous. I trust God that he knows that he, he is a good God. And I understand that the evilness that you see and that's so prevalent and so many innocent people being affected by this sickness, you know, there's a time that evil needs to be destroyed. And I have peace with it. I understand. But it comes by knowing the nature of God and letting God reveal himself to you. Stop saying, well, God, you, God, God. How about be quiet and say, Lord, show me. You know, we want order in the land. We want peace in the land. And sometimes it has to be cleansed. And I'm not talking about war as a man. Because man will kill people and it's unjust. But not God. Not God. And just like Donna said, there was a day one day God called five women, and I was one of them. And he told us to come to the front of the church. The Spirit of God said it. He said, I called you to be five wise virgins. And I took that to heart. I don't know where the other women are or do they have their wicks and their oil. But he told me to be ready. And that that door will be sealed, just like he sealed uh, Noah's boat. Just like when he comes the last days, 
and revelation. He's not coming with mercy and grace. He's coming. He's given us the opportunity to be prepared and to be ready when he, his coming comes. But when he comes, those that are not ready are going to try to hide underneath the rocks, and the rocks are going to cry out. They'll be gashing of the teeth because they're going to know, oh, my God, I didn't listen. I thought this was not real, and, Lord, you are real. And there's no hiding from his glory. Every idol on this, this earth, all our imaginations, our fake gods, they'll be destroyed. But he's still making a cry out to people. You have to sit with him. You have to pray. You have to walk with him. You have to say, Lord, reveal yourself. I know that I know who you are. Lord, in all your glory, God, teach me your ways that I might not sin against you. Give me a clean heart, Lord, because I don't know what that means. Give me a clean mind, Lord. What is the mind of Christ, Lord? Tie me to the altar of heaven, God, that I not fall by the wayside. I don't rely on me to be tying myself. I tell God to tie me. Because when God does something, he ain't letting go. So then he teaches you how to pray for your own life. You know, he wishes that none would be lost. He gave us a pathway to salvation. And he said, if he had 99, he still was looking after that one that was lost. Mm-hmm. You know, but even when I got saved and I went through so much hardship and so much deliverance of this flesh, and he told me, to Belinda, I love you, but I will not change my word for you. You can believe these lies, but as you ascend to hell, I'll be still loving you, but you will not come out of there. So he's letting me know. Just because he loved me, he's not changing his word for me. I got to live by it, and I'll be judged by it. It's not fair. If one person can do whatever they want, and then they go. He's not in that kind of place. That's what we do on, on this earth. We got all these programs that's in us. So <clears throat> it's good to, to listen to what thus says the Lord. Amen. And, and you know, one of the uh, points you brought out earlier, you know, um, men can judge you. Men will look at you and they will say, you know, most of the time it's always on the outer features. Uh, yeah. That men will judge by or the outer things of your life and mm-hmm. judge. But, you know, when we look at Jacob, Jacob made a whole lot of, uh, mistakes along the way because he didn't quite uh, remain aligned until the Lord called him Israel. You know, yeah. he was a little bit off base. Uh, we can say for many reasons because he's in a new generation. Uh, Isaac was more in tune with Abraham and had more of a connection of how Abraham sojourned and when Abraham went for what he did. But Jacob was primarily raised where Isaac landed at. So he didn't move from place to place uh, like, you know, his father did when he was growing up. 
And, and mm-hmm. you know, after that, you know, because Jacob didn't quite understand the, the fullness of uh, the covenant, the order of God, you know, it, was, it wasn't until God called him Israel that he began to understand and begin to, you know, get this picture. And, and so a lot of yeah. us probably... A lot of us probably have experienced that, you know, generational yeah. things where, where from generation to generation, the teachings um, of just the basics of moral, um, the teachings that we learned growing up in, in church and Sunday school and different things that kind of have drifted off, you know. Uh, yeah. The, the <clears throat> and, you know, we may have experienced it. And so, our generation may have shifted, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that there's not an opportunity for change. Uh, Gideon's generation was totally off base. I mean, they just, mm-hmm. just they really lost it in the book of Judges, but mm-hmm. God still had mercy. He sent judges in the midst of them to wake them up, you know, to say, this is the way, this is the way. But, oh, my mm-hmm. God, when he sent Elijah and Elisha in and, and some of the major prophets to to function yeah. in the earth, it's like, you know, mm-hmm. there were dramatic shifts and there was yeah. repentance change when the book was opened up. Mm-hmm. And and things would shift. Things would shift in the environment. Things would get back in order and align to the way God mm-hmm. would say that it should be. Um, yeah. But my question is, is that are we willing, are we willing to make that change? Yeah. Are we willing to uh, listen and hear uh, the voice of God and to walk in the way that he wants us to, not not in our way? When, when mm-hmm. we look at um, this 17, you know, uh, verse 17 of Genesis, the, yeah. the flow went on for 40 days upon the earth and the waters increased and bear up the ark. You know, so the ark is what was keeping him safe. The same ark that he told him to prepare in the earth and he told him how to prepare it to his plan and how to fill mm-hmm. it up according to his plan. Uh-huh. You know, they were safe. They were safe and, mm-hmm. and that was the salvation of Noah. Mm-hmm. Who chose to, you know, follow God's ways? Who mm-hmm. was saved? His family was saved. The animals he told to take with him were saved. That was yes. the salvation of Noah. And and the ark went up in the face of the waters, and the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and all of the hills that were under the whole heaven were covered. Now. No. <clears throat> Fifteen cubits upward did the water prevail. That's, that's a pretty high, whew, pretty deep water. And the mountains were covered. Now, we can look at all of these high mountains that we have now. They were covered. We even see now places being covered in water. And I'm not exalting that. I, I pity every place that has been covered with water. And I'm very thankful for everyone that has been saved through it. But you know, do 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 we rebuild and and function the same way? Um, 
Do we not have a change uh, and a renewing of our mind, our our spirit, our soul, and our body to align with Jesus' way? Um, mm-hmm. That that's the question and all of that. And and yes. then in twenty one said, and all flesh died that moved upon the earth, both of the fowl and of the cattle and the beasts. And every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, and every man, all in whose nostrils was the breath of life. Mm-hmm. Um, all that was in the dry land died, and every living substance was destroyed, which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle and creeping things and the fowl of the heaven. And they was destroyed from the earth, and Noah only remained alive. And they that were with him in the ark, and that would have been Ham, Shem, and Jephthah, his sons were there with him, and his family, their families were there with them. And the waters prevailed upon the earth an hundred and fifty days. And the waters prevailed upon the earth. And hundred and fifty days. That's a long time. Yep. It's a long time for the earth to be opened up with heat and the water to be in the earth and they're in a bark. And we know that it has to have been steam um with the core of the earth crust being opened up and they mm-hmm. survived. They survived. They survived. Awesome. I repeat that again. They survived. Now, that's the power of God. That's the salvation of the Lord. Now, the, our salvation of the Lord, we can have it too through Jesus Christ. We can have that same opportunity to be shut up with the Lord in his glory because there's going to come a day that he's going to start tearing the wheat away from the tares and moving his wheat into the barn. And there's going to come a day that uh, those that are lying up under the altar, um, the altar of God, are going to be saved, and they're going to be clothed with white raiment and dwell in the midst of the white robes. The white robes, I'm speaking of Revelation 6. Let me just read it a little bit. It says, um, reading from verse 9, it says, And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altars of the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. You see, he was going through a whole lot because he was being slayed. Oh, he's he's hating us. He's hating us. No, no, he's mocked. They mocked him. They mocked him. They mocked him. <laughs> They they were doing everything they could to uh, Jonah in that day. I mean, Noah in that day. Well, and I'm, I guess that's another point because Jesus said it would be like in the days of Jonah too, but we, we're on Noah. Um, but they mocked him. They, you know, they were doing all kind of things to them. They were coming in and probably in all kind of ways. People who were probably elders were probably saying, no, he don't know what he's talking about. We're the elders. We're the ones that know. No. <laughs> you know, I could just imagine 
what was being done, what was being said. Uh, he don't know what he's building. Why is he building that? Because, it, and where is the money coming from? How is he uh, functioning? How is he getting this up and going? But the Lord, he he was being obedient to the Lord, so I'm sure the Lord supplied everything that he needed to build. But, you know, it says that in, in 9, when the fifth seal was opened, they were I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. Are you holding on to that testimony? Even though that you're getting slain, even though that you're getting mocked, even though that you're being persecuted? Yeah, there's many Christians now being persecuted in the world. But we must hold to the testimony and be faithful okay. unto the end. And in mm-hmm. 10 it said, And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and even our, avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And in order for him to hear it, you know, the only blood that's heard in the heavens is the innocent and the righteous blood. The only blood... I'm going to repeat that again because God always said the ones that that, their their blood is crying out in the heavens, and they have been slain. They have been slaughtered. Their bodies have been left in the streets, uh, like in Nineveh and different places. So they have been, you know, just beautifully um, taken by force. And it says, and the white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until they, their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and, a, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casted her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And, and listen to this, Minister Belinda. And the kings of the earth, and great men, and rich men, and chief captains, and mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man, hid themselves in dens, and in rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For that great day, this wrath is come. And who shall be able to stand? Mm. Now, in this day, there was nobody able to stand. In the days of Noah, there was nobody able to stand. There was no, they couldn't run. They couldn't hide. They couldn't, uh, you know, somebody might think, well, I can pull out a gun and I'll be saved. No, they couldn't do that. They couldn't do that. So what do we do, the body of Christ? We have to prepare, prepare our hearts, prepare 
our spirit, prepare our soul, prepare our body, our whole vessel for the coming of our Lord and Savior. Prepare that when those days come, that we will be saved, that we will be saved in Jesus' name. Minister Belinda, please share uh, your thoughts and and after um, you do so on the last part that we just went over about the 150 days, uh, Mm -hmm. we will move to our final thoughts for the body of Christ. Okay. I mean, you know, that's a long time. I relate it to when I look at what's going on now. And now it's, uh, it's, if you don't know the word of God, you'd be frightened. You know, he said these things will come upon the land, rumors of war, floods, earthquakes. And you see the destruction. And you see when it rains a lot and you say you have land and the rain is getting, you know, for a couple of days, and your water is getting high in the backyard and you're going, oh, Lord, don't let it come and come in the house or mess up my house. And you just think of all that water and there's nothing they could do. You know, uh, we look at the floods now and this is great. This flood was greater than anything that had ever been on the earth. And that kind of power, that is something else, you know, and it didn't go away. You know, sometimes the water will stay here. And then it does so much destruction, but it doesn't cover the mountain and stuff. And even those large waves that come, it's is frightening if you don't. It, in order to, 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 to see it, in order to, to, to even comprehend it, to deal with it, you can't deal with it in the natural. You have to do it by the spirit because it will always flood your mind and just fear alone can kill you, you know, die by fright. You know, even God, you know, he tells people, he'll warn them. He'll say, if a servant of his is there, this, this, he'll give you a dream. He'll tell you, get up, go to the highlands now. And you might not understand why he's saying it, but you just be obedient. And then after the destruction comes, you go like, oh, my God, I'm glad I listened. So, I mean... People want to take it as uh, something, but if you're not in in the spirit, if you don't know the spirit of God, how can you comprehend anything unless it's in the spirit? How can you have the understanding and the depthness of it if you're not in the spirit? Like you told Nicodemus, Nicodemus came and said, "How can I be born again? How can a man go up in his mother's womb?" Jesus told him, "You have to be born again by the spirit." It's not a fleshly thing. How can you understand what God's saying unless you come to the master that wrote the book? That is the creator of the heaven and the earth. I can't comprehend it. My mind, my mind is not strong enough to evaluate on it. But the mind of Christ that's inside of my mind now that has authority and root, is rooted and grounded in my mind, the spirit of God that's in my body, that's rooted and grounded in God, because he said, root and ground yourself on the foundation. So when the storms of life come, I'm not going to be moved. I'm not relying on Belinda. I'm relying on the spirit of God that lives in me, that keeps me, that controls my mouth, controls my eyes, controls my heart, controls the function of my organs. 
because he could speak life to him. You know, and it's a serious thing. It's just beyond. If you read this stuff without the the knowing the love of God, it'd be a frightening thing. But once you get to that knowledge, you're not frightened no more. There's a peace in knowing that God, you said, if I am prepared, I'll be okay. So that's where the peace is. Not being prepared is where why they're going to run. But it, it, I mean, right now they're relying on their intelligence, the arrogance of some people, because they got billions of multi-trillion dollars. And they got trillions of dollars, and they can't get enough money. It's beyond belief. I am rich, and I got this power and stuff. And, and the humbleness that sometimes God allows people to go through just to make them know that he is the great I am. I think of that man that got cancer over the apple, and he had to come to realize all that he laid it was nothing it was in vain. You know, his money couldn't stop the cancer. But Yeah. And, yeah. and again, we feel bad for anyone that, because even ourselves, everyone is facing challenges. Um, yeah, everyone um, has uh, things going on in their lives. But that's why it's so important for us to know Jesus Christ at this right. time. Every, you know, there's a lot of people, I can't say everyone, um, that are having problems with their children. Um, mm-hmm. So we're not going to put ourselves up on the pedestal, but we're saying what thus says the Lord, that we all can be corrected and move in time and alignment with God in this hour. Because, see, life is not promised to anyone even today or tomorrow. Yes. So it's not only when Jesus Christ comes, because as you realize when I was reading in uh, Revelation 6, these people had preceded some of the people, and they were up under the altar of the Lord saying, Lord, when are you going to uh, revenge our our blood, you know? And obviously they were innocent because they were going to have what white robes God was going to close them with white, white robes. Yes. So in the book of Zephaniah, it talks about, you know, God separating, um, you mm-hmm. know, just as Jesus said, I will move my wheat into the barn, and, and um, he will put fire to the tares, you know. So some of these things are going to be going on also um, in the yeah. earth that 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 he's going to be dealing with those tares that try to strangle the wheat and so yeah. that the wheat can forth its full bud in the time and season that the Lord has for mm-hmm. it to do so. So it's not going to be uh, so that, um, you know, it's waiting until the last days that nothing is going to happen now. Uh, things will mm-hmm. be coming about because when those seals are broken, things will be happening. And not only that, yes. it's just the seals, let's say that the seals wasn't broken. If I was to die tomorrow, I want to know that I will be able to have access to heaven. I don't know any, about anyone else out there. Now, it doesn't mean that everybody's going to go with you because in their past, not too many people can fit in their past. Um, not too many people can fit into a narrow gate together. But we can pray that they will ha- have entry in. 
and we we do sincerely do that because we don't. I mean, you know, to hate someone is to say I don't want, I don't care if they know God or not. Let me just stay okay. over in my own little corner and, and and know that I got God, and they that the Word of God be written on my heart. Wouldn't that be selfish? No. We want you to know God so that you can have access to the kingdom of heaven. By that, that's the love of God, because God came down in the earth that you might know him in his likeness and in his image. But do we continue to just look at the likeness and look at the image? No, he wanted us to be like him, okay? Walk like him, talk like him, so he left the Holy Ghost so that we can be led and walk by the Spirit, okay? So that's where I'm going to land at, and um, I do have the lines open, so uh, if you're on the line with us and you want to uh, share something, give some insights and share your thoughts, feel, feel free to do so at this time. Thank you. Okay. Okay, the lines are open. If you may be muted, if you do have something to share, feel free to do so. I'll give you a few minutes to do so. Okay, so, um, Mr. Belinda, let's share our final thoughts with the audience. Um, please share uh, your final thoughts with the audience, and then we'll pray for the body of Christ before yes. and ourselves, and ourselves, because we are part yes. of that body of Christ. Body of Christ, yes. And we say this, all of this in love, because we want y'all to live and not die. And that's mean, you know, it's it's not saying like Donald said, you're not going to go through stuff and that you're not going to suffer some things with your kids, your body. But we're trying the basis to know the only hope and outcome in any tribulation, any trial, is God and his word, the power of God. And I want to say this so much because um, we are a testament of God's word. And we're going to be tried, you know, and go through things. And it's not always that God is doing it. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And just because you, you know Jesus don't mean he's not going to attack you. And I want to say this. Uh, I had a dream and I had told Donna, and I have never been sick in my life, and really sick, and I have fought a battle in the last five years with this diagnosis of asthma, and uh, I had the dream, and I, I prayed, I asked the Lord, because I believe in healing, I've seen God heal, cancer, I've seen him heal, uh, 1% they gave a woman, and said that she only had 1% to live, she's alive today, I've seen God a woman that was in a car wreck, and they said if she ever lived, she'd be in a vegetation state. They wanted to pull the plug. God said no. She's alive walking around today in her right mind. Well, God is the answer to our prayers. He's the answer to our hope. He is the alpha in the beginning and the end. And uh, I, I, I lay down, I saw God, and I had this dream. And in this dream, there was this big, big man. It looked like a man. It wasn't dark. You know, the image just dark. It was actually a person. But God was showing me the spirit. And it was a big, like, giant. It reminded me of Goliath. 
And in his dream, I was fighting this thing, and it wanted to take my life. But I kept finding there was an escalator going up and down. I was trying to push this thing over the other side to get away so I could get away from it. But this spirit was laughing, and it said, look at her. She's fighting, really fighting. But I was weak. But I finally got away, but he was behind me, and I was running. And I said, Lord, if he grabs me from the back and I fall down, I'll be off balance. And if he sits on me, I won't be able to breathe. Just let me get away. And he was still laughing. And I ran towards like a door. And I said, if I could get to this door. Well, uh, I had an episode. And every scripture I got when I was reading was dealing with the breath of life. And I have, don't take life for granted, but I came to a new revelation going through this. Because when I woke up, I, said, I was angry. It reminded me when Goliath was laughing at God's people and trying to say God wasn't God and you Israelites. And David, a young boy, got mad at him mocking God's people. And that little boy stood against that giant and took that little, uh, what do you call it, sling thing, but the angel of the Lord threw that rock, and it killed him. He slayed that big uh, uh, Goliath. And I said, Lord, you're real. And no devil in hell